0: We're continuing to think about our oral learners and how to begin to plan the program or choose the stories that we want to share. So we have now identified some of our friends. They will learn by oral learning or oral learning with a combination of books. But we want to think of how to further match the things we're going to talk about. How much story shall I use? How much reading should I begin to think is possible? Some discussion, some reading. What do you think is going to work? But perhaps I also will begin to think, what about pictures? Can I use pictures? It used to be that using pictures was not a part of it. But today, for most of the Muslim culture, they themselves use pictures for many things. But not always pictures of a religious person, such as you would not find the life of Muhammad pictured with Muhammad in person or a person playing Muhammad. No, and some few people have objected, how is it that we can have somebody play Jesus? But on the whole, with the Jesus film and many other things, using pictures and people, acting out the stories in drama and in music has become quite acceptable. Once in a while, there's a problem with color, certain colors have superstitious meaning or certain colors are considered an Islamic culture. Uh, And so we have to find those things out. It's usually best to ask the person because it varies from town and country or different areas of the Muslim world. But certainly it's quite exciting. We can use many more methodologies and pictures. But one thing that we haven't yet talked about that it's good to have a little further look at their worldview. How do they think about various issues? They're thinking about these things, colors, the way they see things and the way they understand things. But I found it's good for us to look at ourselves first. Perhaps you're not aware that you have a worldview. Have you got a worldview that's American or British? Or do you have a worldview that's American but clearly Christian? Have you thought about that issue? I know in Britain, lots of British people said to be British is, of course, a Christian worldview. But that's not true anymore. There are many British people who have no idea what it means to be a Christian in this group of young people growing up. So it's good that we start with ourselves and look at our worldview. It's good to ask yourself some questions to decide. How would you describe your view of family? is great emphasis on the individual. You are special. You must achieve. You have a goal to become somebody. You're self-reliant. You're successful. And you make all your own decisions and choices. I remember living in Tunisia when we were doing some house repairs and we were painting our house. He said, oh, only Americans would do their own work. We never do that. We have other people do it. We're not supposed to be efficient. We're supposed to use the other people's gifts in our homes. People that are builders are builders and cooks are cooks and they do the cooking and the builders do the building or the painters they paint. But he said he'd met Americans and they expect to repair their own car, build their own house, everything. There's no room for other people. So how do you see family and your individuality? Are you a group person? Or are you a very strong individual person? This affects many things we do. And coming into the Eastern culture, the Eastern culture is the opposite. You may feel uncomfortable and not know why, but if you've looked at yourself a bit, you'll have some idea about how you fit in and what areas you might find difficult. And the extended family was very important at times. I come from a family that extended family was quite Important. Grandfather used to make choices for other parts of the family, but not too rigidly. Education is usually a high priority for us. Learning by logic. We read things, we analyze them, we figure them out, make deductions, and then a summary and a, what we have achieved or learned. University is usually quite accessible to everyone and greatly valued for careers and jobs. So education is something that's very important. Religion, oh, you could be anything. You can choose. The worldview of most Western people is it's not important, but if you want to be, you can be anything or whatever, or you can change it or change a few times. It's a personal matter. In Britain, they like to keep saying religion is private and that you should keep it to yourself, which also, certainly not a Christian, if you're going to share your faith, it can't be private. It's open and public. And it's acceptable also to not have a religion. But moral behavior previously was based on the Judeo-Christian ideas, but perhaps no longer. So how would you stand on these issues? What about health? Sometimes in our cultures, we say have a fixation for fitness. Everyone must be fit, thin, food addicts, medical, uh, go to doctors many, many times. We have lots of hospitals, lots of research. It's a very high priority for many things. It's not a question of whether these things are right or wrong. It's a question of how each culture and people value them. This is not a value judgment, and we need to be careful. We're not measuring or comparing. We're just looking at how the values are. Politics, of course, is a difficult subject to evaluate. But quite often around the world, we're seen as the people who are supposed to be democratic, choose our own leaders, change them when we wish anyone could be the president, so we're told. Abraham Lincoln managed it, so other people should. People are elected, and they make laws, and they can change things. And the law is not fixed by the religion or by some particular creed. The laws can change, although it's true that one time we may have felt There was a foundation that was Christian, and therefore many of the countries we come from are supposedly Christian countries. But things have changed, and values on religion and politics certainly changed many times. What about leisure? How would we value our time of day for leisure? It is quite often a central part of our life. Vacations and travel and sports, or even crafts and Music and other parts of our free time. After listing our own worldview and looking at ourselves, perhaps it's good to go back and ask yourself: Was my family view a very biblical one? How does my my ideas about school and education reflect my biblical beliefs? What about health? Having a look, because sometimes we're very easily caught up in our own culture and we have become rather more secular than we realize, and our values are not the ones we think we really have. So it's quite good to have a look, and then we can then see, as we look at the Muslim worldview, whether we're very different or we have some things in comparison. Then looking at the Muslim worldview, we need to ask some of the same questions. It's a good game to play with your family. Sometimes I've played it with my students as a quiz or a something they could ask one another and learn information from each other. The family life for most of the Muslim world and the Middle East is focused on family, though this is changing from the extended family to nuclear families, and there's been quite a change in many parts. Still, there is a focus. My Lebanese family moved to London, but when they had an opportunity to buy a flat, They called their family members. We went to see some houses and some apartments. And the real estate man said, how long will it take you to make a decision? And he said, well, I can't make the decision myself. And the man said, well, who's buying the house? You or who? He said, yes, I'm buying the house, but I am not able to make decisions. I will call my family in Lebanon and Sweden and Spain and America and we'll talk together and make some decisions. So we made all these phone calls. I remember being with him. and talked over with all the various family members and we went back to the real estate guys to buy the house. The opinion of his family mattered. And then, of course, he shared all that with his family. All the family sent in money to contribute because they had wanted to be a part of his decision and his new home because they were family. So the home and the family still has a certain ring to it, that the family and not the individual count. But of course there is a lot more individualism as they're influenced by living in the Western world and in many other countries outside of the Middle East. And no longer do the younger members have the same strong respect that they did have. But yet there's an underlying feeling uh, that family counts. I always remember when we were working with some young people in Tunisia, um, one of the young women who was about 29, or I'm not quite sure. She was in her 20s. She was uh, the age at which I suspected she would have been married, but because she was going to university and so forth, her family had allowed her to be single still longer. And she said to me, I am going to make a decision that affects my whole life to accept Christ. It's obvious to me that I can't ask my father's opinion or my brother's or even my mom whether they like my decision. But you know, I've never made any decisions for myself ever. This is my first one, and it's life or death. It's very scary to make this decision My father has always bought all the food and all the clothes in our home. We never went to a shop and tried anything on. He just goes and picks out a few things for each person, brings them home. If we like them, we keep them. If not, he takes them back and brings a few more. He has made all decisions and my older brother. I have never chosen anything, even a simple pair of shoes. So now I feel so overwhelmed to make a decision for life and death. So... We suddenly had an idea, well, you could ask the Christian, the elders of the Algerian church to help you make the decision. There's a body of people who also make decisions. Perhaps we can talk to them. They can counsel you in making your decision and you won't feel so alone in choosing. And that's what happened. We talked to the elders and they counseled her that this is the right one and we stand with you. And she said, oh, I feel so much better. I'm not alone. (laughs) Maybe you would have never thought of that problem. But if you're not an individual, and have always been much a family person who never made a choice, certainly, the choice of accepting Christ would seem enormous. Education is also very important, and quite often it's different style. They memorize everything they it's sort of a rote learning, and sometimes I didn't feel comfortable with that style, but certainly learned to value that you can memorize everything, and memory is certainly a useful tool but then I found you. maybe they need to learn to re-examine what they memorized and find ways of digesting the material differently. But certainly they don't examine it, they don't ask so many questions. And you may feel that that's a, something you, I found. I wanted to help them learn to ask questions. But certainly they like answering questions, so it's not impossible to try to teach through questions rather than... Tr- Trying to tell them the points, but teach them a way of analyzing through the questions and through the knowledge they already have and how to use it. Religion, that's one of which is very difficult to handle in the Muslim worldview because you are born a Muslim. It is understood who you are. To be a Moroccan is to be a Muslim. To be a Muslim is a Moroccan. To be an Algerian is to be a Muslim. To be a Libyan is to be a Muslim. It's very hard. One time I sped to a person, I said, are there any Moroccan Christians? She said, of course not. If they're Christian, they're not Moroccan. They must be foreigners. They must be something else. And certainly this issue you often see if you're talking to Turks, One of my Turkish friends told me there are no Turkish Christians. All the Christians in Turkey are foreigners or they are from some other tribe. They are not from our tribe. They are definitely not Turks. But actually, that's really quite false, isn't it? Because the Turks were there when the Muslims came. The Muslims conquered Turkey. So I think it's the other way around. (laughs) It is a bit that all the people in Turkey who are Muslims are probably the outsiders in actual fact. Um, It is not a private choice. It's a choice that happens because you were born in that family, that community, that's your nation. Religion encompasses all parts of your life. Being a Muslim tells you how to eat, to drink, to sleep, to, to shop, to go to school, to work, to get married, to have children, and to die. All of it is encompassed in being a Muslim. Health, generally speaking, doesn't have a great um, stress in the sense that it does in many other cultures. Of course, people are concerned to be well, but there's also an underlying thought that everything that happens is from God, and there's a certain acceptance of God's will. It's God's will that I had a child and I lost it. It's God's will that I'm sick. And it becomes almost a very strong fatalism, but yet again, there's a greater acceptance of things than we have generally in our culture. You don't see the kind of, well, this happened. It mustn't happen to me, and I'll fight it. That spirit is sort of not part of the culture, although certainly fatalism is not a nice point of view either. Political views, of course, are strong and often strong leaders. Many of them have had great dictators and so forth. Uh, The young people have new views about the country now. And we have just had the Arab Spring and lots of changes. So the views in politics have changed. And there is a strong view for some for secularism. And there's a strong view for others for radicalization of Islam. We have quite two poles apart happening in many places. The problem is that often the people in the middle go with the stronger pole, which tends to be radicalization, even if they disagree. It's often very hard for people to take the position of the secular. Although, lots of times, the secular may be a larger number of people, but the poll often pulls. Because, again, keeping faith and the honor and shame means that you would never take a position that is against the religion and the Islamic Brotherhood and the radical groups present their position as Quranic, as spiritual, as from God. So you must take God's side and not man's. So that, in that case, the position, even if they disagree, openly they would not say that they would dare to take man's side. You must take God's, which on itself sounds really wonderful, but it's not if you're choosing the political unrest and the... Radicalism, which includes suicide bombing and all that. Leisure is never a priority, although there is a great enjoyment of music, and if you watch television programs, there is certainly lots of football and lots of music and lots of entertainment. Family holidays are happy, but mostly it's socializing with the family times together in the home. There are some further questions you might want to ask as you evaluate your worldview and the Muslim? What areas are important to me? Would my ideas clash with the Muslim worldview? I'm going to have trouble in certain areas. What areas of the Muslim worldview do you like or you think might work out to be very good and valuable? What areas do you think, as you look at them, are going to present difficulties and troubles? I didn't know a lot about Muslim culture or Middle Eastern culture before I went to live there. But as a child growing up and when I went to school, I had a particular problem, is that I wasn't a morning person. And so many times when I went to youth conferences and then I went to go to a Bible college, there were lots and lots of lectures about getting up early in the morning about reading your bible and speaking to the lord in the morning and i always felt i'm a total failure i'll never make it because i'm not a morning person there doesn't seem to be any role in christianity and the culture i'm a part of for me <laughs> and while i was at university i had the opportunity to go with my university group to the university in the same town, and it was full of lots of Arab students from, from the Gulf states and Saudi Arabia. And we had lots of parties and Bible studies among them. And when we were working and having lots of good times together, I discovered the people of the Middle East and North Africa were night people. Wow, I was really excited. I found people who enjoyed the night and worked and thought at night and everything. And I thought, this is an area of the world where I could be at home. I could be a Christian in a country that allows people to be a night person. And so I thought, there are parts of the culture that are very attractive to me and to my personal ways of life. And so we've looked at, we've thought about the person, how they learn. Now we've looked a little bit of how they're going to perceive ideas and stories that I'm going to tell. But I also might want to remind myself just a little bit about what they believe. We did look at what Muslims believe in general, but I want you to think just a little bit. Does your Muslim friend believe particularly he's very religious? Or is your Muslim friend, as some of mine say, oh, I'm culturally a Muslim. I'm Tunisian. Tunisians are Muslim, so I'm a Muslim. It doesn't have any religious value for me. I'm Tunisians, and I sit in here. Why would I be a Christian? Because there are no Christians here. So I'm just this, and it's my culture. And I don't pray. Some of my friends would say they're very postmodernist. And so the kind of things that might talk about might be great variety, because some of my Tunisian friends didn't even believe there was a god They're almost atheists, although they would never describe themselves that way. So I would have like an open field to just talk generally about all religious topics. Or your Muslim friend might be very, very pious and very concerned about praying. So you might think the first stories I would like to talk to him about is the prayers in the Bible. That would be a good place to start. Or it's the month of Ramadan and your friend is very pious and fast all the times. And so you might want to start with talking about fasting in scripture. So it's just to kind of focus on a place where you think it might be an open door for you to speak. Perhaps it's the person believes in mystical things, like when we were talking about Sufism, or perhaps the person is interested in magic and seeing things happen. Then you would talk about issues like that. It's just to help us focus where we will start with our religious studies and our stories that we want to tell them. We'll continue to think about the stories themselves in the next lesson.